Look at Tommy Frazier. How many tackles can one man break? Cross to the middle. Hello, Husker fans, and welcome to episode number 43 of Generation Red. I'm your host, Ken. And I am your other host and son of Ken, Scott. (laughs) And this is part one of our countdown to kickoff, which will be three shows leading up to the Huskers taking on Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. That's 20 days away on August 27th. Tonight, we have a great (coughs) guest panelist with us who will help us do a quick preview of the first four games on the schedule, and hopefully somewhere along the way, Scott will not die. Um, (laughs) Dude, I came down with a killer migraine about 20 minutes ago. Your mom was quick to get me like four or five ibuprofen, and it's finally gone now. So I was a little worried not too long ago. Uh, Our guest panelist tonight is a sports content creator at Outsider.com. After spending about what was it, Dustin? Seven years as a managing editor over at Saturday Tradition, uh, covering college athletics, and then three years covering the Big Ten for another site. He made the move to Outsider. He enjoys playing golf, hiking through the mountains, and finding the best barbecue in every city and town he visits. And I believe he also enjoys a good bourbon, which means we're going to get along just fine. You can follow him at Shooty Sports, that's S C H U T T E Sports on Twitter, and at DL Shooty88. On Instagram, please join me in welcoming Dustin Shooty to the show. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Cannot I'm complain. Good. Sunday Cannot. fun day. Yeah, Sunday fun day. Exactly. It, it's been fun uh, doing these shows, uh, Dustin, and especially now that we've kind of got uh, you're kind of our first guest that isn't technically in the Husker podcast. Uh, uh, universe. So we really appreciate you coming on tonight. I've heard you. I think, um, you've been on the Eyes on Big podcast, right? Uh, I believe. Yes, I have. Uh, let's see. What else have I seen? Have you? You haven't been on Hail Varsity by any chance, have you? Uh, I I don't believe so. No, uh, I've okay. done a number of different uh, podcasts, radio shows, uh, even some television spots. Uh, I don't know why anybody agreed to do that, but hey, they did. So. <laughs> Um, I, I've done, I've done a few things. I don't think hail varsity was one of those, but I did do a lot of stuff on 1620. Um, okay. I've done, I've done a lot of different stuff for a lot of different radio stations. Uh, Nick Hanley show, I think is out of Omaha. I used to do stuff with him. Um, so a lot of, I, I had a lot of, um, a lot of Husker stuff going on, uh, back in the day. Very cool. Very cool. So where are you from originally, Dustin? I grew up in a little town, little farming community called Walton, Indiana, um, and that's probably about an hour and a half, hour forty-five minutes north of Indianapolis. Uh, so I grew up near around kind of uh, Purdue University. So I grew up uh, a Purdue fan, and that's kind of where my love of college football developed, and uh, got involved with the uh, uh, you know covering the Big Ten early in my career, and uh, moved from. Walton, Logansport area to Lafayette, Indiana. Then I moved to Orlando, Florida. Then I moved to Kennesaw, Georgia, and now I'm back to Gainesville, Florida. So I've uh, I've kind of hit uh, a lot of different living spots, a lot of different places in my stuff. But uh, I'm still uh, 
football fans won't like this, but I'm still a basketball guy, uh, number one, because of my uh, Hoosier roots. Oh, I got you. I, I completely understand that. Um, were you aware or alive very long, <laughs> as young as you look anyway? I don't know if you remember much of the Bobby Knight era. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, my my mom and I actually huddled around the TV the day they were making that decision on whether or not he would get fired or not. That was uh, that was a huge day in the state. It, it took a, it, you know, it covered all the news stations were covering it. So I definitely remember that. Remember some of the great bouts between uh, Bob Knight and Gene Cady back in the day. Those were some great uh, battles. But I, I don't I was not alive for any of the Indiana University basketball championships. So I wasn't around for the for the heyday of the Bob Knight era, but I do remember uh, I saw him in person a few times. I went to a few Purdue IU games at both uh, Assembly Hall and Mackey Arena. So um, I'm quite familiar with, with the coaching legends. Those are two teams that do not like each other in any sport. Isn't that right? Basketball, football yep. especially. Correct. It's a, especially on the basketball side, but uh, it's it's getting more intense on the football side too. Now that both teams, uh, there was a couple runs there for I think four or five straight years where bowl eligibility was on the line for either one team or both teams. So uh, for two mm-hmm. programs that aren't uh, considered really all that prestigious in the grand scheme of college football, th- that's a pretty big deal for those two programs. So it, it got a little bit uh, heated there. What's the what's the name of that the trophy is that the old oaken bucket yep old oaken bucket okay all righty so when was it that you i know you mentioned it a little bit that you got early into the big 10 conference in sports journalism but when did you first get into it was that getting into the big 10 stuff or did you go elsewhere to kind of cut your teeth in sports journalism so it's funny Uh, i went to college i studied um studied history in college Struggled to get a job, which is shocking with the history degree, right? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so I actually got my first job as a high school sports broadcaster. Um, a relative of mine, a distant relative of mine, launched a webcasting company, and he needed some help launching this company. And so I did high school basketball, volleyball, football, track and field, baseball, softball, all that stuff. Uh, and then on the side, I was also kind of writing my own blog. Fast forward a few years, I, I needed to pay the bills. I needed to get health insurance, all that good stuff. So I took a job as an academic advisor at Ivy Tech Community College, which is, I believe, the country's largest uh, community college Oh wow! In, in, the, in the country. So um, did that for a couple of years. And while I was doing that, I had um, been asked to do some Big Ten writing as kind of a side hustle, covering mm-hmm. it for a site that's now no longer in publication, which is uh, mm-hmm. FanRag Sports. And so that's where I kind of dip my toe in the water. I would probably write two or three stories a week, you know, watch Big Ten Media Days, occasionally get an interview with a player or a former coach or something, uh, and then get that opportunity. And then about 2015, 16 came along and um, Saturday Tradition reached out. And that's where I kind of then got my, then that's when it became a full-time job. It went from hobby to job. And so that's what I did for the last Hmm. seven years. So my career started out as high school broadcasting, transcended into just kind of a hobby doing two or three articles for an extra, you know, 20, 25 bucks a week, and then eventually transitioned into a full-time position. So um, yeah, I, I I did it for about a decade, but seven years at Saturday tradition. Very cool. Scott, do you have any, any questions at all? Um, well, just going into, uh, outsider, um, that was a weird 
choice of words there going into outsider um <laughs> what what is that like go into a little bit more detail what what is outsider and what do you specifically do there yeah so at outsider um you know we kind of embrace the outdoor style of life so uh you know if you're a big fisherman if you're into hunting uh, if you like going hiking, if you're into, it's based out of Nashville. So there's a Nashville lifestyle. There's a lot of different food, uh, barbecue, bourbon, beer reviews, all that kind of stuff. It, it's kind of a, a look at the, the simpler things in life that bring us joy. And that's something that mm. really, you know, attracted me to this position. Um, and in my sports position role, we kind of take an, this is going to sound cliche, but it's an outsider perspective on sports is, is the best way to describe it. So we're not going to get into the nitty gritty about, you know, why did Nebraska, you know, how did Nebraska beat Northwestern? You know, was their run game established? That, that's kind of the, not the, the area we're going to go into at outsider. It's more of what's happening in the stands. We ran a story on the, um, the price of the concessions at, um, at both the masters and then the PGA championship, you know, stories on that, that guy hmm. who, went viral for standing there. You know, everybody's huddled around Tiger Woods with their cell phones out and he's standing and he's there holding the, with, with the Michelob, right? Just in the moment. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of what we're about. It's it's more about the what's going on outside of the world of sports, more kind of sports entertainment, more than breaking down the X's and O's and, and you know, hot seat so rankings like meta, and all that stuff. Like a meta narrative of, of right. sports. Okay. Well, well that's, you're, you're that's using the sports sports entertainment analogy, that means if somebody you're covering pisses you off, you're probably going to come off the top rope on them or something. <laughs> well, I've I've never uh, I've never held back in that regard throughout my career. So oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm not I'm not afraid to go on it all in on someone if I need to. There you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so, that's really what cool. would your main role be at Outsider? Then is there a specific title that you have or are you just kind of the freelancer yeah. that goes around and drinks bourbon that they say you need to try <laughs> and they pay you for it because holy shit that's a cool job i wish i wish it was that easy it's not quite that easy um in sports content creation I, i'm doing a lot of uh, so there's going to be some fun stuff that that we're going to be doing here in the coming weeks months years um that we're that we're kind of talking about i don't know how much i'm allowed to reveal so i'll keep it kind of on the DL for now, but I think if you appreciate the the intersection between food and, and sports, I think you might like some of the things that we're thinking about because I think that's a huge part, especially, you know, obviously with college football, college basketball, tradition, culture, food, tailgating, all that stuff is, oh, is ingrained in the tradition. That's what makes, you know, I said earlier, basketball is my favorite sport, but my favorite experience is college football. That's what drew me to the sport because College basketball, you go to a game, right? Or NBA, you yeah. go to a game. College football, you plan out your whole day around one game and how you're going to do it. So that's that's always what stuck out to me. So um, it's not quite that easy. Uh, I, I do still write quite a bit in, in, you know, probably between six to ten stories per week or, excuse me, per day. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. It's something different when you've done something through for, for 10 years uh it's nice to get a little change in you know it breaks up the monotony i'm not writing transfer portal stories or uh, coach hot seat rankings every every day so um it's a nice change of pace it's something that i appreciate and like i said we're gonna have some really fun stuff um coming up here in the coming weeks or months or years that i think i think people will really appreciate go ahead oh, scott well 
we look forward to uh, we look forward to seeing that um my so so based on what you're telling me um a lot of what interests you is obviously sports you've got the outdoors how were you always an outdoorsy or uh, a sports guy growing up or did you just kind of fall into it? Uh, did you, you know, cause obviously when you're writing for shattered Day tradition, you have to have a multi complex knowledge of, of all sorts of different areas of sports. And then same yeah. thing with the outdoors, you know, you've got hunting, you've got fishing, you've got hiking, you've got all these things. Were those things that you did before or were, were those things you just kind of stumbled into through, through your life? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. As growing up, I was a huge sports fan. Still, am a huge sports fan. Um, like I said, anytime I could go to a game, whether it was high school, college, or professional, growing up, I would go. Uh, I, that's always where my number one passion has been. There's no doubt about it. And it's funny you you mentioned the outdoors and and asked me about that because uh, my mom will tell you that. Pardon my language, but I used to piss and moan all the time when we she would try to take us hiking. Uh, I didn't appreciate it back then. It's like it's stupid. Why can't I play in my you know Why can't I play with my video games or go over to my friend's house? She tried to get me outdoors. Um, and then I lived in Georgia at the time of the pandemic, and I don't know if people have traveled to Georgia, lived in Georgia, um, but it is Georgia a quite a few times. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful state. Um, there's a lot of really good hiking. There's a lot of waterfalls. There's a lot of mountains. Uh, and so I was like, look, I can either stay in, in and complain or I can go out to these state parks once they reopened. I can go out to these state parks, get outside and, and try something new. So I got a pair of hiking shoes um, and just started small. And there was I was fortunate enough where I lived, Kennesaw, Kennesaw Mountain Battlefield is actually a mm. uh, I can't remember the basically there's. 35 or something miles of hiking trails out there. So not a ton, but it's enough to kind of get your feet wet and. Once I went out there a few times on my own, that's when I really started, you know, okay, I want to go up to, to Blue Ridge. I want to go to Amicalola Falls. I want to go to hell. And there's a lot of different places that you can go and, and do your hiking. And I just fell in love with it. And part of it is because when I was at Saturday Tradition, and this is just part of the game when you're in it, you're on your phone constantly. You're on your phone. You're in front of your laptop. Mm -hmm. 14 to 16 hours during the season, you don't really get a break. And so on Thursday or Fridays, if there was no game and I would get a day off, that was my time to go out and just kind of disconnect. I could take my dog on a walk. I could go out there by myself hmm. and I would put my I'd put my phone in my pocket in case I got lost. Somebody could locate me. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it was my way to disconnect. So that's kind of how I fell into that. And then um, I loved it. So I've been all about hiking and um, being outdoors, you know, I'm not a hunter or a fisherman or anything like that. I'm not, uh, I'm not real. I, I like to fish, but I'm just not very good at it. So, um, I, but hiking you and I are kind of on the same page. There, <laughs> there you I, go. I love hiking. I love being outside. I wouldn't mind fishing, but I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I know how to shoot, but I've never been hunting and mm -hmm. no, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Have you ever been out to the Ozarks? Uh, I have not. But I'm, I have a list and I'm probably put that on there because anytime somebody makes a recommendation, I'll put it on my list of places because I'd like to, the, the one nice thing about working remote is eventually you, get, you can travel a little bit, right? When you're, when you're working. So I'm adding lists and, and adding new hikes and new areas to that list so I can hopefully get there one day. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You got anything else for him, dad? Yeah. Uh, look, man. 
you can't get away with just saying, you know, there's some things coming up, but I can't get into it. Come on. You, you got to give me, I, Scott, and our listeners a little bit of an early scoop. Just, just, just a nugget. Just give us a nugget, man. I think uh, the best I can do is I think if you like tailgating and food and you like that intersection with sports, I think that you'll like what we're, we're what we're going to try to do. Um, that's the, that's the best I can say right now, because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get in trouble basically. Uh, NDA, you know, (laughs) non-disclosure agreements and all that contracts. I'm sure you like your job. So, you know, but, uh, in all seriousness, uh, and this is what kind of attracted me to this, this sort of position and, and, um, and into this sort of role was growing up. Um, I loved the tailgating more Mm -hmm. than then I love the game and I love college football. Uh, to me, it's the tailgate. I, I remember going out there and playing catch with my brother and my dad, you know, for hours before a game. Well, I remember, you know, we would start off the morning having biscuits and gravy and eggs. And then, um, and then in the afternoon, you know, you'd switch to chicken wings or chili or whatever it might be. So just the full, just having that full experience is really what drew me to college football. And I think that tailgating is just such a huge part of that. And, and, I went, look, I've been to LSU where they're, um, it's basically the world's biggest frat party and they've got uh, oh, yeah. a, a whole hog roasting over a spick. They're, they're, uh, they're, um, they're, um, doing, they're, they're ro- smoking a gator. Right. Uh, <laughs> so they're, they're just Ooh, doing all this good. stuff. Uh, and then you go to Ole Miss and they're all dressed up. It's very formal. It's like you're going to Sunday church. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's just, you get different different parts of the country celebrate college football in different ways, and that's that's what always draws me to it. Have you ever uh, had the opportunity to do a you know go big red uh, tailgate? Ever been to one? I have not. the The offer has been out there by multiple people, and so I'd like to get up to Nebraska as well for a for a home football game. I'm trying to see if that can happen this year. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if I can or not, but we'll. That's me and one of my friends are actually working on hopefully getting up to Lincoln for a game this year, because I think that would be a blast. That would be awesome. And I plan on going to a handful of games this year. So, uh, yeah, we could definitely, uh, meet up and I could give you a, you know, a little bit of a tour or whatnot, but there we um, go. Yeah. I mean, I, we're going tailgating with the, uh, the go big red cast as seen in chat right now. Um, uh, we're going to be going to a tailgate with those guys, um, for the Georgia Southern game here in a couple weeks. So, or I guess not a couple weeks. I wish it was Four a couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, That would be nice. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Tailgating is good. Food is good. I'm a foodie. I like trying all sorts of new things. I would love to go on a Big Ten tour one of these, you know, throughout the years and just go to every single Big Ten campus and see what they have to offer. Um, And yeah, hopefully not get like beer dumped on me or... Uh, corn thrown my way since i was corn sucks and so obviously what yeah. else are they going to do with it <laughs> right. throw it Except throw it on you yeah exactly yeah. well being a foodie dustin and i know i i think i mentioned it uh in a twitter post that you made um if you ever get in the elkhart area right yes. off of the tollway right there where all the hotels are there's this place called smoking fatty's barbecue and uh i'm telling you it's the name's clever, but the food is outstanding. Their Dr. Pepper ribs are to die for. Their smoked wings. I don't know 
where the hell they grow these chickens, but these wings are monstrous. <laughs> and they've got this mango habanero sauce that Oh, that sounds good. Oh, dude, I'm not I don't like heat, but this stuff is perfect. It, it tastes so good and it's so sweet. It's got just enough hot to it that it's it's worth it. Um, highly recommend them. Highly recommend them. Uh, and they've got all the good bourbons. So oh, nice. I got, I got go one. Here. I got one question for you, and this is going to determine how well this podcast goes. Um, <laughs> are you are you a pork belly burnt ends kind of guy or a brisket burnt ends kind of guy? I would prefer brisket burn ends, but I will eat either. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge brisket guy. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but in the last couple of years, briskets got really expensive. So yeah. because <laughs> the wallet, uh, I, I tend to order more of the pork stuff now, but if I, if I have the chance, if all things are, you know, when prices come back down, I will order brisket. I don't know eight or nine times out of 10, and then I'll throw in pork there just to mix it up. Okay. Well, I suppose that's a sufficient answer. I'm, <laughs> I love brisket, but something about pork burnt, burnt ends, it's just like, it's like the most candied bacon you could possibly yeah. ask for with just like a tender bite to it. It's so yep. good. That, uh, that's true. And the thing, the, the problem with brisket too is, I mean, it doesn't matter where the barbecue place is. It can be really, really good, or it can be really um gritty so it's kind of oh, brisket yeah. can be very hit or miss too depending on uh depending on what kind of cut you get that's true yep it absolutely can there's another place i highly recommend i don't know if you like uh, uh brick oven pizza joint but there's a place in goshen called venturi if you're ever in goshen okay. go check it out and try the margarita pizza it'll uh blow your mind it's incredible Absolutely incredible. So, and the Freedom Lemonade. I don't know if you like uh, sour beer, but uh, it's a, I do. It's it makes it makes uh, summer shandy uh, look like Bud Light. Oh, so, really? Incredibly good. Wow. Um, so, even you know how your mom hates beer, right, Scott? She yep. she wouldn't quit. She had a freaking glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, and I said to hell with it. I drank her wine. She ended up drinking half my beer. So, really, uh, <laughs> she really, she wow. really, really liked it. So that's impressive. Uh, yep. All right. Absolutely. Well, that is that is absolutely hey. a recommendation. Man. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just happy that I found someone else that enjoys sour beer because I feel like I swear I'm the only one uh, of my friends or family or anybody that will enjoy a sour beer. But I'll dr- I will drink just about anything except for a hazy IPA for whatever reason. If it's hazy, it gives me a headache within like three or four minutes. So I stay away. Those are the only those are the only kind of beers I stay away from. Anything else I try and usually yeah. if it's not too terribly sweet, I'll I'll probably enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a hazy IPA. Shoot, I really don't care for an IPA at all. To me, it's like drinking really nasty sour grapefruit juice, and I never liked grapefruit juice as a kid. So why the hell would I like it as a beer? Um, but I love like a milk stout, an oatmeal stout, mm-hmm. a, a vanilla porter, a peanut butter porter, all that stuff. I love oh, yeah. those. Uh, those are really good with biscuits and gravy in the morning too. By the Ooh. way. Um, See, perfect. That's a perfect. That's a perfect. Eleven a.m., twelve p.m. Yeah. kickoff tailgate beer right there. Absolutely, it is. Fills so up nice and good. Yep. 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 The warm and fuzzies. Absolutely. Well, doggone it, guys. I think we should have some fun and talk about some Husker football. But before we do, Dustin, just so we clear it, your favorite football team is Purdue, not Indiana, or is it Indiana? And you kind of 
like so, Purdue. I so I grew up. I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, down the middle here. So I grew up a, a a big time Purdue fan. I won't hide from that. However, uh, what I will say is that when you've been covering the conference for as long as I did, I I don't. It doesn't bother me the wins and losses. Um, do I like to see Purdue do well? Yes, but at the same time, it it really doesn't have that the same effect on me. I just like to see good football. So they're right. they're you know I, I like to see teams. To me, I know everybody loves to see a good Ohio State team or a, a great Alabama team or whatever. I like to see it when the Big Ten championship game is a little bit different too. Like Michigan and Iowa last year. I know you guys hate Iowa, but just from the perspective of it being a little bit different, oh, it was great to, watching it. To me, like there you because it was forty-two to three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I was. It was kind of boring, but it was semi listening to that game. And, and I was so it was probably not safe. No, I do like it when they make, when it's mixed up. I like it when it's not just yeah, the you right. know the 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 Ohio State Wisconsin or Ohio exactly. State Iowa or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Well, shoot! Did you see that Brett Siancia from Pick Six Previews picked us to finish second in the Big Ten West? I think I did see that. Yes. He must be that ditch weed where he lives must be pretty good. Um, <laughs> Cause I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, oh yeah. Kobig Redcast. Yeah. We love that game too, dude. <laughs> I, I was watching it in the truck after I got off the road that night. And yeah. That was a lot of fun. Thank God for beaut. YouTube TV when you live on the road. Um, <laughs> so I suppose we should move on and have a little bit of fun previewing the first four games on the Husker schedule. And I know, Dustin, you have not been necessarily connected to Big Ten football in an official capacity for a while, which is fine. We're just going to have a little fun. We're going to take a look back at uh, what Northwestern accomplished last year as a team. Um, and anybody has a stat that I don't have written down here and you want to toss it in, just let me know. Uh, but the key stats for me was on offense for Northwestern in 2021. They av averaged a whopping 16.6 points per game. They rushed for 144 yards per game, passed for 177 for a total of 321 yards per game. Conversely, on defense, minus Mr. Mike Hankowitz uh, as defensive coordinator, which to me was the magic sauce for that Fitzgerald defense for so many years. Uh, 29 points per game they gave up last year, including 56 to us. Rush yards was 213 per game, pass yards 216 per game. So they're equally crappy <laughs> at rush and pass defense. And 429 yards per game is what they gave up. Any thoughts on those? Uh, on those? Uh, Danny, do you guys see any room for improvement? <laughs> well, I, I think if I'm a Northwestern fan, I hope to God that I can find room for improvement uh, because they were – abysmal in all aspects of yeah. the game last year. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Losing Mike Hankwitz, I think, was a bigger deal than people gave credit. And because even when Northwestern's defense was bad, I think you go back to that 2019 season, their offense was atrocious. But defensively, you look at the numbers and you look how they hung into some of those games, their defense was solid. Last year, they, they could not stop the run. I mean, you just go back to that week one game against Michigan State. Um, and obviously, Kenneth Walker's a great talent. But yeah. that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in Northwestern, and it happened no. regularly last season. No, it seemed like their run fits were all out of whack the whole year, mm -hmm. and that seemed to be the thing they excelled at. That 2019 defense Northwestern had kind of reminded me just a little bit of that 2009 defense that Nebraska had, mostly because we had a pretty sucky offense that year too. <laughs> but that defense <laughs> was was pretty incredible. Um, as far as in use, uh, 
how they fared last year against Northwestern. Our offense obviously scored 56 points. We rushed the ball for 441 yards, which was more than double what they were giving up per game and passed for 230, which is right about the average of what they were giving up and for a total of 661. They managed a total of 341 yards, seven points scored, 85 by the run, and 256 yards by the pass. I am not sure if I see a similar outcome in Dublin, what first of all, Scott? What do you think? Do you think fifty six is doable, or do you think we're looking more in that twenty eight to uh, thirty seven point range, which is kind of where I land? Um, yeah, I think that just the way that I, I think last year was an anomaly. With I mean, we just went out there and killed them, which is the first time that that's ever happened in our, you know, I guess rivalry we could call it um hydrox and you yeah 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 um and so i think that it'll probably even out a lot more for this game um i wouldn't be surprised if we score over 30 points um but i doubt we get over the 40 like i doubt we get over 40 points um against them because i mean they're just bound i know that there was there was some i think it was an eyes on big podcast that i was listening to um where uh, they had some somebody or read something about Northwestern fans or something, uh, something along the lines of Northwestern fans hate hearing that there is like an on season and an off season. You know, they have a good season and a bad season, good season, mm-hmm. bad season. Um, but I mean, that's just, that's just kind of how it is. And so there, I, I just think even as abysmal as they were last year, I think that they're bound to take a step forward, especially considering when you look at it's the first game of the season for both Northwestern and Nebraska. And if there's one thing that you can count on Northwestern doing is at least being smart. And Nebraska has yet to prove that we make high IQ football from the start of the season, especially since Frost got here. Um, so if there's anything that goes in Northwestern's favor, um, when it, when it's just points scored, I I just don't think that they're going to make as many mistakes as we potentially will. Um, so that's a long winded answer of saying, yeah, you know, like, I don't think we're going to score that much (laughs) as much. Do you have, this as a win for Nebraska? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, but I am very worried. I am like, I'm. It's like I've got it as a win, but it's 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 more in the territory of coin of coin flip, and I hate saying that. Um, yep. it, I think it's a coin flip game. I don't I don't believe in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> I mean, we proved Vegas last year that that you know you can't trust us to win a winnable game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is very true. So, uh, I mean, obviously we've got new hires, we've got new guys, we've got transfers, we've got all these things that you can look at and be like, yeah, we should win that one. But until I see it, you know, let's just, uh, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it close to my side, I guess. I think we win. Where do you land on it, Dustin? What do you think happens this year? Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with, uh, I think I agree with what Scott said. I think that you should look at the talent and you should look at the changes that Nebraska made and feel comfortable saying that this is a win considering how last year played out for both of those two teams. And I know that they ended the year with the same record, 
but Nebraska was a lot closer than Northwestern was. I think we can all agree with that. The one outlier is just kind of that Fitzy factor, right? You don't expect Northwestern to be abysmal two years back to back. But when I look at the roster, right. it's like, who's going to, th- who's going to run the ball? Who's going to throw the ball? Who's going to catch the ball? Who's going to block for the guys running and catching the ball, right? Like it comes down to me, it comes down to that kind of simplicity. And I think the other thing that benefits Nebraska in this is the fact that Northwestern didn't make any change, any, any major changes to its staff. And I think that Nebraska has like, they don't have anything on tape, right? With, with Mark Whipple, running the offense with Casey Thompson coming in from Texas with so many new players coming in on that. I just think that there's too many, there's going to be too, a a lot of question marks that Northwestern is just not going to have the answer for. So I think I trust, I I shouldn't say trust um, after last year. (laughs) I think, I think Nebraska will win the game. But there's always that Fitzy factor. And then we'll get into to more of this as we go down the four game. I think it's really important, kind of the message that Scott Frost sends after this Northwestern game, is it, if it doesn't turn out Nebraska's way, because as we saw last year, it can go downhill in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got this penciled in as a win with a question mark behind it, simply because... <laughs> Holy cow, they have to. I mean, we said this right. last year. All the podcasts said it last year. This is a must win. Wins, win, win, you know, week Illinois. zero. If you don't win week zero, it could be a long season. And holy cow, talk about being correct. I've got this as a win as well, mostly because, let's face it, Mike Hankowitz didn't come out of retirement. And I truly think uh, that that was that magic sauce for Fitzy. And uh, they're going to be learning to figure out what to do with this offense that they're not going to know what we're bringing and hell yeah. I'm not going to know what we're bringing either. <laughs> exactly. So it's, <laughs> I got it as a win because we should, uh, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, what do you guys think the, the, uh, final will be? I've, I'm kind of in that 35, 21 range. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know what I'd really like to see? I would like to see 34 scored by Nebraska, meaning, that we actually made two field goal Make attempts. A field, couple field goals, yeah. <laughs> that would be really, that would be really awesome. Um, so I'm thinking something like 34-24. Okay. You know, that I, I think that somehow Northwestern will find a way to capitalize on our defensive mistakes because our defense is going to, you know, they, they've got some gaps they've got to fill in and some roles that need to be filled in by some guys, especially on our defensive line and maybe in our secondary. And I, I'm just, I'm just really banking on, um, on, on Northwestern playing smart football, high IQ football and being able to capitalize on mistakes. So that's why I've got, yeah, like okay. a 34, 24. Dustin. I think I would go somewhere in the neighborhood of, because I don't think Northwestern's going to score that many points. Uh, I just don't trust their offense that much. I, I'm going to say much lower scoring on both sides. I'm going to say somewhere maybe 24 to 10 in favor of Nebraska. I do think hmm. that Fitz knows enough defensively, even though Mike Hankwitz is a big loss. I think he knows enough uh, defensively to, to have a much better defense this season. I think that even though Nebraska's got the upper hand in terms of talent on the offensive side, it's still game one. They're going to be, you know, they're still going to be getting accustomed to everybody. I think there's going to be some some week one, some of those week one butterflies that you got to 
workout yeah. and you're you're obviously playing in a foreign land uh, yeah. so that's going to be tough i think it's just going to be a low scoring game but i think nebraska wins that comfortably 24 to 10 something like that all right i think that's fair that's a, i think that's a fair fair you've, you've got a speed well what 24 10 i got us winning by 14 as well so um hey that's pretty cool let's go on to north dakota quite frankly i know it's an f this an fcs school right yeah. am i crazy okay fcs yep scares me because um northwestern gets a bye week after they play us in dublin so they get that extra rest get reacclimated to the proper time zone whereas nebraska they're leaving right away after the game they're going to get back at somewhere around two o'clock in the morning on sunday morning and then they've probably going to be practicing right away this this game scares me uh but their offense averaged 24.45 points per game, rushed for 163 yards, passed for 240 for a total of 403. Defense was uh, gave up 20 points per game, rushed, gave up 139 via the ground, 197 through the air for a total of 336. Ooh, you know what? I think we beat Northwestern by more points than we beat North Dakota simply by the jet lag factor. So I am going to call this a W but it's probably like a seven to 10 point win. So I would say 24, 14. <clears throat> How about you, Dustin? Yeah, I'm uh so I was actually uh, rubbing my hands together because I was looking forward to talking about this game. I thought more than, than you guys would, because I'm on the same page with you, Ken. I think that this is a very scary game. Now, if I think if Nebraska beats Northwestern in, in week zero, I think that this is they can put it on cruise control. Maybe they don't win by as much as they should, but I think they'll win by, you know, maybe 28, 31 points. I think they'll really kind of flex their muscle. Okay. On the flip side, if they somehow lose that game to Northwestern, that's when I get worried because you remember last year after the Illinois game, Scott Frost said, you know, in his post-game press conference and then in the locker room, that we can't have it be the same old movie. Um, and to me, that's not a good message to send to your team. People disagree with me. It wasn't, you know, hey, what? That was just one week. It's a long season. Hey, that's an, that's a different Illinois team. I thought he sent the message that we're still not getting over the hump. And I think that you saw that mentality play out over the course of a 12-game season last year. So That's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. I, I agree with you on that. If To me, if they lose that game to Northwestern because of all the things that you mentioned, the jet lag, Maybe what Scott Frost says in the locker room is going to be huge. North Dakota, if you you obviously looked at at how they performed last season, they were kind of like Nebraska. They were five and six, but all of their games were one possession losses. So yep. it's one of those sneaky games that I think if Nebraska loses to Northwestern, that's going to be a dogfight. I think if Nebraska wins, they come home, they've got enough confidence, nothing's creeping into their mind and they cruise to win. But that's 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 a very intriguing game to me on that schedule, considering its placement. So if there's a W, what do you got for a score? Since I think Nebraska wins that first game, and we don't have that issue, I think they will win this game. Let's go, let's go 38 to 13. 38 to 13. Scott, drop some... Drop some wisdom. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much right there with you, Dustin, and your interpretation of, well, it really depends on how 
our performance goes against Northwestern um, and the mentality that we bring back to the States um, in preparation for this game. Um, <clears throat> I think the only factor that if, if we were to lose to Northwestern, which I think would just, I don't know. I, I really don't think that would be good for the rest of our season. Um, as I'm sure most of Husker nation agrees. Um, if we come back with a dub, I think the things that go in our favor aside from, you know, the, or not aside, but against the whole jet lag and, you know, you've got less time to technically prepare for it and whatnot, you know, it's going to be North Dakota's first game. You know, they, they haven't even figured out what to gel with. They don't know how they're going to play with each other. You know, they, they, even though they had a, yeah, a, a pretty similar season that we had last year, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that they're going to be showing up to Lincoln. It's going to be our first home game. Uh, and I think that there's just going to be an intimidation factor from the crowd that if we go True. off, just if we get even a hint of, of, of momentum, it's just, it's lights out. I don't think that there's going to be much of a contest. If, if we come back from Dublin with a win and we're at home and it's, North Dakota's first game, like, ugh, like they're, I just don't, but as you said, you know, it's entirely possible that Husker nation is heartbroken and our guys are not in the, in the right uh, mindset going into that game. But um, I think it's a dub. I, I think it's it, assuming that we win against Northwestern, I think it's just a default uh, win. I do think that there's going to probably be some mental mistakes and some things that, they're going to do that don't make a lot of sense um, because they're just going to kind of, you know, let loose a little bit more, try and play a few, you know, interesting schemes or whatever. Um, So I don't think it's going to be all that high scoring of a game, which I would normally be concerned about, but I, I do think that it's going to be kind of like a, what, what what would we call it in, in football? It's just like a, almost like a, I hate to say scrimmage because that sounds really disrespectful, but um, yeah, you know, we're just going to get rub some, you know, some dust off and just kind of do some dumb stuff, I guess. Um, Yeah. My, my score prediction is a dub and I'm thinking it's going to be something like, Hmm. I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 38. 38 to I'll say 17. I was thinking 38 to 13 as well um, before starting, but I was like, ah, you know, I can't pick the same score. That's boring. <laughs> this this, um, this isn't the over under game. So you can pick the same thing if you want. I mean, it's not like I'm keeping score here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had, I had that number in my mind. So what he said, I was like, ah, dang it. Uh, we, we must have the same, same, uh, same, I guess, frame of mind or something. I don't know, but yep, thirty-eight, seventeen. That sounds good to me. All righty. Well, moving on to the game that you and I are going to with our wives uh, is Georgia Southern. We're going to hang out with Go Big Redcast at their tailgate. That should be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, Georgia Southern, don't they play in like the Sun Belt? I didn't even look that deeply. I think that's what they, yeah. So they gave up 31.4 points per game. They only scored 20.25. Uh, grand total of 340 offensive yards per game, but they gave up 441 on defense. So 
Uh, Dustin, why don't you go ahead and throw down what do you think is going to happen in this one? Uh, I'm guessing a win. <laughs> what do you think I, the score would be? I definitely think a win. Um, Clay Helton took over, so I think they'll probably be better than what they were last season. Right. But I, but I, I do think that this is look. This scares me a lot less than the uh, than the North Dakota game. I think that this is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 15 to 17 or 15 to 17, excuse me, 52 to 17 uh, in favor of Nebraska. What? 15 to 17. That would be a, that would be pretty scary. I'm going to say 52 to 17 in favor of Nebraska for that one. Frost wouldn't even be allowed back in the locker room if it was 15 to 17. Yeah. That that would be the end of that run. Yeah. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, I think with the with Clay Helton being the guy, I think that yeah, they will be improved and nothing I I mean any coach worth their salt would be telling their guys like, "Hey, we're going to go into a big stadium with like, you know, like 80,000 people. Like how awesome would it be if we just shut them up? You know, just shut them up, make them make them upset." Um cuz you know, Nebraska's had a few of those moments of of, you know, n- not expected teams to come right. in and and play, yeah, Troy. Troy was uh, was one, and uh, there was a Mike Riley game. I don't remember who that was. Wasn't that South Dakota uh, or something? North Dakota or North? Uh, I don't remember who that was. Northern Illinois. Was Northern North Illinois, North. yes. Yep. Um, That's the reason I coursed got fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, thanks. Go Big Redcast. Um, coming in clutch. Uh, yeah. I But I just, you know, I just... Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see uh, an upset. It's just, of course, it's well within the realm of possibilities. The one thing that having these last, you know, seven, eight years of Husker football has taught me is that don't take any wins for granted. Nope. Um, and so I'm going to say we win, um, but I'm thinking it's it's going to be more like a 48, 48 to 20, okay. 48 to 20. They'll get down in our red zone a couple times and kick a couple field goals early on. Give us a little bit of a scare. I'm I'm kind of in the same vein with both of you guys. Uh, Especially if you come off of a big win over Northwestern, you come home and you lay it to North Dakota, um, even though I predicted only 24 to 14 simply because of jet lag. <laughs> I think they're going to get themselves righted. I think you're going to see this is going to be a um, game in which a lot of the second and third string teamers get a lot of time. I think Casey Thompson or whoever the starting quarterback is, it's going to be Casey, um, sits for a lot of the second half, if not all the second half. So um, for me, I see this as a 56 to, let's say, seven. Give us a good old-fashioned Northwestern drubbing, 56-7, to seven, in which Nebraska racks up about 400 yards rushing, maybe 350 to 400 yards passing, because Whipple's just not going to not pass, no matter what is working, according to Pat Narduzzi. little sour grapes as far as I'm concerned, but that's fine. <laughs> so there we go. That's kind of what we've got going for Georgia Southern. I got to remove that banner so I'm not confusing myself here. And on to the big game, the game, the one that Husker Nation has been waiting for ever since that guy returned that botched extra point attempt for two points, ultimately sealing our uh, doom in that game last year in Norman. 
they're coming up to Lincoln. They have a brand new coaching staff, brand new head coach who's got a lot of power five experience as a coordinator, none as a head coach. Uh, to me, this is another one of those toss up games. You come, you come into this game three and oh, we come into this game three and oh, and I have no issue with picking this as a toss up. We come into this game two and one. Not a lot of confidence in the team, I think, and it could get scary fairly quickly. Um, go ahead, Scott. Why don't you go ahead and lay out what you think is going to happen in this game and then throw a score at us? Yeah, it's a um, the, the the context really, really matters, like you said, Dad. Like if we're three and0 going into this game and we actually see an offense that's clicking, everybody is synchronized with each other, our defense finds their finds their feet and they're making the right decisions throughout games. Um, I have no issue with considering it a toss up. Um, but the other context, if, if we are going in two and one, eh, with that first loss being against Northwestern, like that's just not setting yourself up for success in this game. Um, even though last year we gave them all sorts of hell and we had the same context then. So it's like, well, could we do it? But I don't know. I I don't know. I I'm going to assume based on, you know, I got to assume my position of we are three and L going into this game. And I do think it's a toss up, but I just don't, I don't see us winning it. I see it being a very, very close game that ends up breaking my heart. And I'm just going to be mentally prepared for that. (laughs) Um, the, the, the areas that yes, I am going to be optimistic about is, is the fact that yes, you've got Brent Venables first time head coaching gig. Um, he did some good things at Clemson. He did some, some good things at Oklahoma when he was uh, an assistant coach, his time there for, you know, a decade or so. Um, there's just going to be some, you know, head coaching, you know, rust and, or not even rust. That that's a bad, bad metaphor. There's going to be some learning curves that, that I think, uh, Brent Venables is going to experience, especially with, let's see what I had their schedule up here. It is. Yeah. So they basically, they play the UTEP minors, a Texas team, and then they play Kent state before going to Lincoln. So, you know, we're going to be their first real test. And, you know, assuming that Northwestern is somewhat formidable this year, you know, we will have already had a test of some sort. Um, Mm -hmm. So things going in favor, we've been tested. They haven't new head coach, new, new head coach. Um, And then just the fact that, yeah, you've got offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy coming from Ole Miss Great, great offensive coordinator. Did some really good things for uh, for the Rebels. Um, one of the things that I saw that intrigued me was that while they were 12th in the nation rushing for the rushing offense, they were 118th in time of possession, um, which comes with a, you know, a passing attack, pass heavy, you know, just go, 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 go fast, 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 um, which is kind of what Oklahoma has been for, you know, decades and whatnot. Um, that seems like something that Nebraska could exploit. If we have a rested defense, if we have an offense that is getting lots of time to really work out their, 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 their rhythm and stuff like that, I think that really bows in favor of Nebraska. Um, 
But here comes the prediction. My score prediction is going to be a higher scoring game um, just because of the way that the offenses are built with uh, Mark Whipple as our offensive coordinator and uh, Jeff Levy as theirs. I think it's going to be something like a, like a 30, a 38, 38 to 34. I think it's going to be a, just a back and forth slobber knocker with Oklahoma winning. Um, and we take our first loss of the season, but it's close and it's in heartbreak fashion. Um, don't know if we're the ones going down the score or going down the field behind four points, or if they're the ones marching down mm, and get a yeah. game winning walk-off touchdown. One of those two scenarios is what I see. It's going to go right down to the end. All right, Dustin, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to agree with both of you. And I think the context of the situation definitely matters. uh, So I won't reiterate that. But what's going to be interesting to me is I think we find out more about Oklahoma in that game than we do maybe Nebraska, just because there's so many question marks. Because as you mentioned, Scott, they go into that game untested. And there are some people that think Oklahoma could be a 500 team because of all the changes, all the losses to the transfer portal, um, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. There's other, there's other, I I think I saw ESPN or uh, somebody that has them, you know, as the favorite to win the big 12 and and an outside contender to the college football playoffs. So I don't really know what to expect from Oklahoma. I think they're going to be probably better defensively because that's Brent Venable's wheelhouse. uh, And Clemson was, I always thought as good as they were offensively, they they had some really, really stout defenses when he was running the show. So I think that Oklahoma is going to have a better defense probably than a lot of people think. Having said that, I said that I think Nebraska is going to beat Northwestern and then beat North Dakota, beat Georgia Southern. I think they're going to beat Oklahoma. And I I have no issue saying this. I think they beat Oklahoma, but I still think we don't know a lot about Nebraska as then they'll head into the meat of the Big Ten season because I, I just don't know how good Oklahoma is going to be. So I could see Nebraska starting 4-0 and then, kind of, again, when you get into the heart of that Big, big Ten season, the, the games kind of change a little bit. I could see them still struggling to get to that six-win mark. Um, I could see Nebraska losing this if Oklahoma was really good and still finishing with eight or nine wins. Like it's just a complete toss right. up. To me. So I think this is going to be a close game. I do think Nebraska wins because I think that they have the mindset. They get over that hurdle. They start three and zero. big game. You get it at home. I don't know. Does it have, is it, does it have a kickoff time yet? I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's the, it's yeah. the Fox big noon. Big noon. Kickoff, so. Okay. Yeah. Central central standard time. Okay. So, so you're not going to get game day there, but I still think it's a big. It's obviously going to be a big enough draw. I think the final score is what's throwing me off here. I think don't rely on special teams in this game. I'm going to say Nebraska wins this one, 28-27. I think they win a close game against a big time opponent and get some serious momentum heading in then to the second half of the season. But like I said, just because they're four and zero because they win that game, I still think there's some questions. Cause I don't know. I, I, I just have a lot of questions about Oklahoma, to be honest. Hmm. Well, I that's, have... that's actually, no, I, I'm just going to say that's, that's wonderful to hear because as a Husker fan and watching tons of sports pundits talk about Nebraska, Fe- like there's a lot of questions with Nebraska 
but that knowing that there's somebody who's like, but there's more questions with Oklahoma, that does my heart a good because it's like, okay, <laughs> that that kind of makes me just kind of sigh a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sigh of relief. Um, Not to take us off track, but this is an interesting comment from the Go Big Redcast. It says it could be kind of reminiscent of 2016, wherein you started off 7-0 and with a big win over Oregon, yet still didn't know much about the team yet. And Oregon turned out to not be very good. That was the year that we all remember. That was the year that uh, Helfrich got fired at the end of the year. You know who his offensive coordinator happened to be, Scott? Just off the top of your head. It wasn't Frost. It wasn't Frost. It was Lubick, if I remember correctly. Oh, Matt Lubick was, was his Matt offensive Lubick. coordinator at the time. So that, was that our kind of explains last year. <laughs> yeah, kind of explains a little something there. And uh, yeah, we this could be very reminiscent of 2016 yeah. in the sense that I think I've gone back and forth and back and forth on this game so many times. But Dustin, you've talked me into a win. <laughs> oh um, shit! You've talked me into a win. Uh, did but we jinx I, it? Oh no. Oh God. Dad, <laughs> yeah. Dad, you did it. You did it. Here it is. This is the yeah, this is the it. loop. Here we go. Yeah. You, we you go. made dad drink cooler. Oh, yeah. There you go, bud. You yep. drank the Kool-Aid. Yep. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I have a feeling after Shout the out Red Cash game, Rob. After yeah, <laughs> after the OU game, it's gonna be a little tough sledding. Uh I'm not saying we're going to go eight and four or nine, even nine and three, but I have said on Twitter and I will hold to this. I've been talking about getting a Husker tattoo for years. If Nebraska wins more than eight games, I will get that Husker tattoo. Might be really, really small, but I will get it. <laughs> so I'm picking a win as well, Dustin. I'm like right there with you. I think it's extremely close. I think the fact that we have a kicker now that we're going to have some yes. confidence in, I think it's going to be 28-28 going down to the last two minutes of the quarter. Casey's going to drive us down, get us within 40 yards, and he's going to curl one right inside the right upright, just like old uh, Alex Henry did against Colorado. And we win this game 31-28 because we don't have an Indomitian suit to knock the shit out of their quarterback, intercept the ball, and then take it back for a touchdown at the end. So uh, I think we win it 31-28. to That was a heck of a lot of fun, guys, taking a look at these games and trying to dive into them without diving too deep because, you know, Dustin, you're you're just hanging out outside hiking for a living and you just don't have time to dive too deep anymore. So we didn't want to stress you. Um <laughs> and we don't dive all that deep either. <laughs> we just have fun sitting here talking yep. and running our pie holes uh, because that's what we do best. Um, anyway, that pretty much wraps up the meat of the show, guys. Next week, or actually before I talk about next week, I want to talk about something that Scott and I and I have gotten permission from the gal that reached out to me, Scott, regarding what I'm about to talk about. Okay. Uh, we were contacted by the marketing direct, one of the marketing directors at the Team Jack Foundation, uh, the 10th annual Radiothon. I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, they have asked us to participate. And we have said, yes, we will. So uh, when I know more details, when they give us more details, we will let you guys know what those details are, how or what type of participation we'll be involved in, and uh, how you guys can participate with us. So stay tuned for that. We'll keep you updated over future shows. And speaking of a future show, 
Uh, Generation Red podcast episode 44 is next week at 7.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time, just like tonight. We're bringing in some girl power to the podcast for the first time, as we'll be joined by Abby and Meg, a.k.a. Abby something and Hot Mess Husker on Twitter. We will talk about what it's like being female fans of the Huskers in the Twitterverse <laughs> for them. And I've had some interesting conversations with uh, Abby anyway over some certain people down in Phoenix that tend to be a real jerk. So we'll kind of talk about that a little bit next week. And then we yeah, will. I want to get the I want to get the juice on that. I want to know. It should what... be fun. Because I tried be following the the, the, <laughs> the rabbit hole of the back and forth on Twitter. And I was like, yeah. this is kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty. I was like, oh, my gosh, these kind of people actually still exist. Um, and then we're going to go over the next four games, just like we went through the first four tonight. Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue and Illinois pick wins and losses. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, Troy. Really appreciate that. Thanks, Troy Zugalati on uh, YouTube has just said, great stuff, fellas. We really appreciate it. Glad you watched. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, it really means a lot that uh, you took some time out to hang out with us and Dustin tonight. So Dustin, where can folks find you out there in the uh, social media world? Yeah, you can follow me at, on Twitter at Shooty Sports. Uh, as you can see here on the screen, I uh, have that up. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at DLShooty88. Uh, and you can go to Outsider.com if you want to see uh, the fun stuff we're doing at Outsider. So uh, like I said, eventually we'll, we'll reveal all what we're going to do. So uh, we, it won't be a secret forever. That's cool, man. Dude, uh, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, made this a whole lot more fun than just the two of us trying to figure out what to say. <laughs> so uh, this has been great. I absolutely enjoyed every single minute of this. You'll find links to all of our social media at genredpod.com. If you like your podcast in video form, subscribe to our YouTube channel and ring that bell to get notified when we go live. Or to listen to the audio-only podcast, subscribe to Generation Red on your favorite podcast app where the audio for this show should be available by 8 a.m. Central Time tomorrow morning. I want to thank you again, Dustin, from Outsider.com, for joining us tonight. And on behalf of Scott and myself, together we make up this formidable father and son duo called Generation Red. And we want to thank all of you for watching and listening. And until next time, remember, no matter what Jeffrey the Greek tries to tell you, Iowa's corn still sucks. And there's no place like Nebraska. Go Big Red. Absolutely. Hey, we want to have you back, Dustin. You good with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. I'll keep in touch, let you know when you want. Whatever. How about we uh, have you on to review the Purdue game? Sound like a plan? That sounds great. I'll be all, all for right, it. Dude. Oh, all right, that man. would be juicy. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And uh, thanks again, man. And uh, we'll see you all next Sunday. The kick is up. The kick is get that way. The kick is pat it down. Intercepted it down to Sue. Sue to the 20, 15. Hawkins traps him, knocks him. Touchdown, Sue.